0: Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, y'all. Staring at me. Are we are we alive? Yeah, we're awake. I don't need to wake you up because I'll get real loud this morning. I'll get real animated. It'll get real good. Hey, we are in a current series called Kingdom Culture. And um, one of the things uh, that we believe um, is that we learn how to flow in the kingdom of darkness. But one of the things is we have to learn how to flow in the kingdom of light. And um, I was thinking about this this morning um, as I was driving in. Uh, I've been going to the chiropractor lately, and it's awesome. I suggest it. It's just, it's amazing. Um, And, um, you know, one of the things about the chiropractor, it it realigns you. It's, you know, correcting your vertebrae and and putting it back into correct alignment. And uh, I just felt like the Lord said, today, I want to realign some stuff as I was coming into the church. Um, how many of you know that you can serve the Lord for a long time, okay, and but still get out of alignment, okay? Like you can serve the Lord for a long time and you need to realign your attitude. Man, I can't believe how many times I was told that growing up. How many of you were told that like a thousand times when you're growing up, you need to change your attitude, you need to realign your attitude. So uh, we're gonna allow the word today because that's the job of the word of God. The Word of God is there to give us guidance. The Word of God is there to correct us. The Word of God is there to give us hope and to give us life and to get us into the proper perspective, a kingdom perspective. Because here's the deal. If we don't know how to work in God's kingdom, we won't see the blessings and the grace and the flow of God flowing through our lives, okay? And that's where a lot of times we get frustrated as followers of Jesus, because we're like, hey, where's the grace? And it's like, we just gotta get into the right flow. We gotta get into a kingdom flow. And so go with me to the book of Acts today, uh, Acts chapter 28, pull out your Bible, pull out your e-Bible. If you don't have it, it'll be on the screen. But we're gonna look at verses one through 10 today, and uh, we'll just uh, start going through it. Verse one, after we had safely reached land, what's going on? Paul is on a ship. He is a prisoner. He's with other prisoners, and they are on this ship to go stand trial before Caesar, okay? Okay. And they have come into some rough moments, okay? They're coming to a moment where their ship has fallen apart. They've been shipwrecked. Um, the Lord told them they were gonna be shipwrecked, um, but they have now reached land safely. And we discovered that we were on the island of Malta. Verse two, the people who lived there showed us extraordinary kindness, for they welcomed us with a fire, They had built because it was cold and it was raining, okay? Point number one today is this. Kindness will warm a cold-hearted soul, okay? Kindness will warm a cold-hearted soul. Um, I remember a few years ago uh, when the church first started, um, one of our sound guys, John Thompson, he was working for a company in Cincinnati And um, how many of you ever seen the big Christmas tree at the Liberty Center? Okay. Um, This year, I was there to help build this tree and to set up their big night where they, you know, they like do the, you know, they light the tree and they, you know, they have this parade. And um, I remember for like three or four straight days, I was out there working with John, working for his company, helping them set up this tree and, you know, it's November, so it's already, like, getting cold. But I remember it just rained for, like, three or four straight days in a row. And so, like, we were out there literally from, like, eight in the morning until two at night. And I remember I would just go home, and I would be so stinking cold. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know it's going to be, like, an infernal hot today, okay? <laughs> but I remember, like, it was, like, Bone chilling cold, so cold where it like makes you angry. You know what I mean? Have you ever been cold like that? Where you're like, I'm just angry. I don't know what I'm angry about. I'm just cold and I'm frustrated. That's the kind of cold that I felt during those days working for them. Now, here's the deal. As the church grows, okay, as the church grows. And can I give you a, what I call a PTLR? Can anybody tell me what that is? Yeah, let's go, Adam. Woo! That's our middle school pastor right there. Knowing what the word. All right, so can you give you a praise report? Okay, how many of you remember um testimony time at church, like back in the day, okay? Yeah? Okay, I promise you that'll never happen here, okay? I remember when we would have the open mic testimony time, I'd be like, oh Jesus, we are not eating lunch today. You know what I mean? You're like, where's the communion wafers? I'm finding some right now, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Ryan. Listen, it's so cool. We just broke 700 with adults and kids at Elevate Church. Isn't that awesome? So cool. Listen, last weekend, last weekend in June, not, not in the fall Not in our growth season, not in a normal season. In the summertime season, last weekend, we broke our kids' record. We had the most kids we've ever had on campus last weekend. Isn't that crazy? Now listen, as the church grows, what does that mean? We are going to have cold, wet, angry-hearted, people flooding in, right, okay, and what do they need, what did this say, they showed Paul extraordinary kindness, right, extraordinary kindness, meaning what, I'm going to show people in Elevate Church as they walk in, extraordinary kindness, Okay, how do we do that? I think we've lost the art of just like inviting people to our house. Can I get an amen? And listen, I understand that we just went through COVID and everything like that. COVID is done, y'all, okay? I am done. I was done a long time ago, okay? Listen, so let, let me give you an example of this, okay? So Adam, come here real quick, okay? If you don't know, this is, this is Pastor Adam, our junior high pastor. Come on, look at this beautiful, wonderful blonde hair. Okay. okay, let me give you an example of how this works, okay? I understand that we don't know everybody in the church, right? Like, we don't all know each other today, and that's okay. But let me give you an example of how this works, okay? Let's say I don't know Adam, okay? And I'm in service, and the Lord goes, man, that guy's a pretty cool guy. Why don't you invite him to your house, why don't you have them over? Why don't you go to dinner with them? Okay? So instead of like running out of the church as soon as I say amen, okay? I mean it's like a, it's like a it's like the Olympics in here some Sunday, okay? It's like you know, track me, okay? I just walk up and go, this is a <laughs> you would, you would. This is this is like this is like kindergarten. You're like Hi, I'm Jeff. I'm Adam. I'm Adam. Oh, that's awesome. How are you? Good. Good. We don't have to hold hands that long either, okay? <laughs> you just go, hey, would you like to grab some lunch sometime? Yeah. Oh, give it up for Pastor Adam, everybody. It sounds really simple. I get it. A lot of times, fear just gets in the way. But we're called to show extraordinary kindness. How do you show extraordinary kindness if you don't know somebody? How do you love somebody if you don't know what's going on in their life? Here, let me read this verse. First Corinthians 12, verse 25. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members are cared for by each other. I need us to have a clear picture of now and the future. Pastors Jeff and Jess can't take care of everybody. Everybody said, amen. Amen. It's not that we don't want to. I, I need you to hear that. We love people. We love spending time with people. But as the church grows, our responsibilities, what we're called to do, things change in different seasons, right? There was was Pastors Jeff and Jess in year one, and then there's Pastors Jeff and Jess in year six, and there's Pastors Jeff and Jess in year 10, and all of it's good because the reason we're doing all this isn't to be a country club. We're doing this, why? To reach souls, to make sure people don't go to hell to make sure that before Jesus comes, we gather as many people as possible for Jesus. So what is this saying? Saying, listen, as a body, as a body, we gotta come together and take care of one another. We gotta know that this is my brother, this is my sister in Christ, and I'm going to have to look for opportunities to do it, to show extreme kindness Meaning what? I got to take care of them. I got to look for opportunities. I, listen, we live in such an American-minded view of church. We just come in, we get our Jesus moment, and we leave. It's, it's like a transaction, you know? It's like no different than like, I go to McDonald's, you know, I'll give them a few bucks, I give them my food, and then I'm out of there. That's not how God saw the church. God saw the church as a body, as a community of people who would love each other and take care of each other and care for one another and care about what's going on in somebody else's life. But we've changed it to make it something so American. But it doesn't fit the kingdom. It doesn't fit what God's intention for it. So we have to look for opportunities. We have to look for opportunities to serve I love, you know, can I just, I don't know if there's any of them in here today. I know there's a bunch in the back today. I just love our kids volunteers. Love them. You know why? Because they're serving you, right? You're like, I got these crazy kids, like crazy people, like they're crazy. And then guess what? You get to come to church and drop off your crazy people and give them to somebody else to take care of them for free, how awesome is that? And then you get to come into service and enjoy Jesus and get refreshed. You gotta look for opportunities, sir. You gotta look for opportunities to meet somebody and go, hey, I know I don't know you, but let's grab some food. You may be missing your best friend every week. Amen? You might be like, man, I wish I had more friends. I wish I knew more people. And I understand it. I, I Listen, I'm an extrovert. Okay, so I'm just like, hey, come on, give me a hug. And you're like, whoa. I know, I, I can always feel it when I hug somebody and they're like, they, like they bow up and I'm like, it's all good. Give it a few months, you won't bow up to me anymore. <laughs> you know, right? We gotta look for opportunities. Verse 26, it says this. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer. We gotta have that mindset. If somebody else is suffering in the church, it means we are too, because they are our brother and sister in Christ Jesus. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Verse twenty-seven. All look at your neighbor and say, "All." Okay, okay? Now look at your neighbor and say, "You are an all." Okay. Oh, that was weak. Say, "You are an all." Okay. You are an all. There we go. There we go. Yeah. All of us together are Christ's body, and each of you have a part in it. Verse twenty-eight. Here are the parts that God has appointed for the church. First apostles, then prophets, then teachers, then those who do miracles, gifts of healing. And then this is the big one. Those who can help others. Okay? Listen, 99% of everybody in Elevate Church is called to this right here. This is what you're called to. You are called to help others to take care of others, to take care of the body of Christ, to take care of his house, elevate church, take care of the people in elevate church. All right, let's go back to Acts. Verse three, when Paul had gathered an armful of brushwood and he was sitting it on the fire, a venomous snake was driven out by the heat and latched onto Paul's hand with its fangs. Man, that's a bad day, okay? Verse four, when the islanders saw the snake dangling from Paul's hand, they said to one another, no doubt about it, this guy is a murderer. Even though he escaped death at sea, justice has now caught up with him. Point number two is this, haters are going to hate. I get an amen from anybody, okay? Haters are going to hate. I remember this very season 12 months ago. Um, We lost some families uh, here at the church. There's just a lot of people that didn't agree with a lot of things. You know, we believe in life, we believe we're standing for life, we don't believe in abortion. We believe in standing with Israel. We believe that Jesus is coming back soon, and we're not going to just pull the covers over our head and just be like, yeah, everybody said that for a long time, but we actually look at the Word of God and go, look, prophecy after prophecy in the Word of God is being fulfilled in the earth right now, and we can see it. And Jesus told us to know the season and time that we are in so that we could live in that season and time with great power and authority and help people know Him. Amen? Okay, We believe that all lives matter. Just look at the life of Jesus. Jesus cared about the Jews. Jesus cared about the Gentiles. Jesus cared about the woman at the well. Jesus cared about the Samaritans. Jesus cared about everybody. I'm not gonna get stuck in one thing and say this is the only thing we care about. I care about every life on the planet. Every color, every nationality, I care about them all and I want them all. One of the first things, a couple weeks ago, my friend uh, Gerard came, um, African-American man. He was here at service. He's starting a church in Florida. We're gonna help him start his church in Florida, which I'm so excited about. I remember remember when we started the church, I called up Gerard one day. I said, Gerard, will you just pray with me That we would become a just multicultural church. And he's like, absolutely. Why? Because I care about everybody. Care about every single person. So we care about people. Care about the police. I, I had people that were mad at me about the police. Do you know that God is a God of law and order? I care about the police. I care about their safety people were mad at me about covid and people were mad at me about covid <laughs> you know i mean it felt like when we when we reopened the church last june it felt like i couldn't win it felt like i had a snake hanging hanging from my hand and i did it was the devil he was mad he was angry and he was upset that I reopened this church so that people could enter into the glory of God. Couldn't win. And then what what do they do? They leave and they talk about you, right? And I'm not gonna lie, it hurts. It hurts when people talk about you. And what's funny is a lot of times people think that I'll never hear about it. Listen, I hear about everything. hear everything. And it hurts. And, And 2020, like, bit in, and it bit hard. And there was all kinds of people talking all kinds of stuff. But what do we do with that? What do we do in these moments when the enemy bites us? And I mean, the enemy might bite us in a lot of different ways. But what happens when the enemy bites into us, takes a bite into something that matters to you, right? Because this house matters to me. I mean, we have put our blood, sweat, tears, prayer, faith, life, sacrifice into this house. What happens when something that matters so deeply to you, the enemy comes and he takes a bite. Verse five. But Paul shook the snake off, flung it into the fire and suffered no harm at all. Point number three is this, shake it off. Shake it off. What do we do when the enemy bites us? We have to learn to shake the enemy off. What do we do when somebody talks junk about us? We have to learn to shake it off. And why am I saying the word learn? Because it's something you learn. It's not something natural, okay? Your natural response is, I'm going to talk junk about them. Listen, I tell people all the time, I mean this with everything inside of me. If I wasn't, like, saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, I would be the greatest gangster ever, okay? I promise you. I would be ruthless. I mean, like, when, listen. I mean, Ryan has heard these moments of things. When somebody talks trash about me or my family, I'm like, give me a can of gasoline in a, in a match. I'm burning their house down. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, and you think I'm joking. No, like, if if that's what I really want to do, and then I'm like, okay, I'm saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, then I'm going to pray for you now. Okay? We got to learn to not be offended people. Amen? That's not something that's natural. You can always see the fingerprints of the enemy. You see them in culture right now. You can see them in our world. You can see them. Everybody's offended. Everybody's offended. Everybody's on their soapbox. Everybody's fighting for their peace, fighting their their moment, fighting to hear their voice. We're all offended. What do we gotta do? We gotta learn to shake it off. Let me give you some verses to help you shake it off. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and helpful to one another. Be kind and helpful to one another. Tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding. I was playing golf with somebody the other day. And we got into this conversation just about the world. And, you know, we have... Extreme right, we have extreme left, and we have people in the middle, and we have all these different categories. And me and this individual we were just talking about, I get frustrated with both sides. Frustrated with extreme left, I'm frustrated with the extreme right too. Why? Because we have no understanding. We just look at our point and then point judgment and throw rocks at the other side. How are we helping anything? That's not Jesus. Like, look at the life of Jesus. He went and spent time with everybody. He was at dinner with prostitutes and gangsters. He was at dinner with political leaders, He was at dinner with anybody. God, because he has compassion, understanding. He says this, forgive one another readily, freely, just as God, Christ, has also forgiven you. Matthew chapter six, verse 15. But if you withhold forgiveness from others, your Father withholds forgiveness from you. This is the only time that you ever see in the Word of God where the Word goes, our good God, our good Father, Jesus Christ, will withhold anything from you. It's the only time. So you have to understand, forgiveness in the kingdom of God is a really big deal. Being able to let go of bitterness and anger and frustrations, shaking off, the bite and the venom of the enemy and going, no, I'm going to be like my father, Jesus, who gave his life for me. I'll be like him. Matthew chapter six, I mean, Luke chapter six, verse 37. Jesus said, forsake the habit of criticizing and judging others. This is hard. This is hard. This isn't easy. Forsake it. It says, but you will not be criticized or judged in return. Don't condemn others. Forgive one another over and over, and you will be forgiven over and over. Listen, we have to learn to shake off the devil, okay? And I understand, can I, can I just let you know, I, I understand it really hurts when he bites, It does hurt. And it really hurts when people bite you or say things about you or do things. Uh, Listen, I, I understand it. It really, really hurts. But you gotta shake it off quick because if you don't, bitterness and anger are going to seep in into your heart. And when bitterness and anger seeps into your heart, you get real cold to God real quick. And you get real cold to the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, you stop hearing the voice of the Lord. All of a sudden, you stop hearing the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, you stop having the clarity and the direction that you once had. Why? Because bitterness and anger is controlling your thoughts and your heart. We gotta shake it off real quick. Verse six, everyone watched him, expecting him to swell up and suddenly die. (laughs) I love that. They're all like watching him to die, okay? After observing him for a long time and seeing that nothing unusual happened, they changed their minds and said, what? He must be a God. Wow. All right, point number four is this. Fickle people... Faithful people. Fickle people, faithful people, okay? I want you to remember something. They praised Jesus on Sunday, and they crucified him on Friday, okay? I want you to remember that all the disciples, except for one, left Jesus when he got arrested. I want you to remember that one of his disciples, Judas, turned him over for 30 pieces of silver. And I want you to remember this. If it happened to Jesus, it'll happen to you. If it happened to Jesus, it'll happen to you. Listen, people are fickle. One minute they love you. One minute they praise you. One minute they got your back. One minute you are BFF for life. And then the next minute they're talking crap on Facebook. People are fickle. But can I say this? We don't need fickle people. We need faithful people. People that won't get offended. People that won't get offended in the house. Listen, I tell people when we do this class called Next Class, and it's just kind of the step that we kind of share heart about the church. I always tell people, listen, I promise you at some point in time, being a part of Elevate Church, I'm gonna say something, do something that will offend you. Promise you. Just promise you take it to the bank. I promise that somebody inside of Elevate Church will say something that will upset you and offend you. Somebody will do something that will upset you and offend you. We don't need fickle people. We need faithful people. Because here's the deal. The plans that God has for this church they're so big. I've been spending some time with the Lord usually in the summer I kind of try to shut my brain off about just the needs of the church. I just start trying to focus in on, God, what are you saying for the next 12 months? What are you saying for the next 24 months? What are you saying, God? And and, and the Lord has just been just showing me so much. And I'm so excited for for Hartford House in the fall to kind of reveal some of these plans and some of these things that God has been putting in our hearts and some of the things that we're gonna do as a church. But I know It's interesting. They're so big. They're so big, it scares me. It's like, it it reminds me of like when we started the church. Like, starting the church was so big, it was so scary. And these things that God is speaking to my heart, they're so big. They actually, I'm like, God, I have zero idea how we're going to do this outside of you. Now, God loves that. God loves putting you into those moments. Okay? But you know what that means? It means this. I'm going to need everybody. Okay? So here's Ezra, come here real quick. Come here real quick, Ezra. Dave, come here real quick. Real quick, real quick. Real, real quick. Come here real quick. Yes. Yes, come here. All right. Here, just, yep. Different seasons of life up here, right? Different seasons of life. Now, I grew up my grandparents, so I love every season of life. And I want to honor every season of life, right? We have young people. We have middle-seasoned people. We have seasoned people, amen, okay? Someday I'll be a seasoned people, okay? Now, here's the deal. We need all of them we need every season. Why? Because there's going to be a young person that's going to come to elevate church, and they're going to need what? A young person to befriend them, right? Somebody seasoned is going to come to elevate church, and what are they going to need? They're going to need somebody seasoned in that season to befriend them and to be with them. Somebody's gonna come to elevate church and they're gonna need somebody in the middle season of life that understands like, you know, we have high schoolers and middle schoolers and we understand that feeling. We understand what's going on in that season. We need everybody. We need everybody. And if we don't have everybody, and if everybody doesn't understand why they're here, we're not gonna do the great things that God's calling us to do. Because we need everybody. Come on, give it up for everybody. Okay, get real loud. Verse seven. The Roman governor of the island named Pubilus. Can we just thank God for a moment that that's not your name? I mean, come on. Oh, you, should, you should have a praise report today that that's not your name. Like, thank God. I'm not named fearless. Oh gosh. He added estate. Well, thank God he had some money, okay? The, na- the name wasn't helping him, okay? It says this. He graciously welcomed us into his as his house guests and showed us hospitality for three days. You know the gift of hospitality is real. I think some of us have the gift of grumpiness. (laughs) We need to pray for the gift of hospitality, how to love people well, bring them in. Verse eight, his father laid sick in the bed, suffering from fits of a high fever. So Paul went into his room and after praying, I love it, it says after praying. Why did Paul take time to pray in the room? Because Paul understands where the power comes from. It's not Paul's power. It's not Paul's faith. He knows where the power comes from. It comes from God the Father. So Paul prays, and then it says this. He placed his hands on him, and he was instantly healed. This is the heart of God always, always to heal your soul, to heal your mind, to heal your body, to heal every aspect of your life and to get it into a line with what the kingdom of God says. This is God's design. Verse nine, when the people of the island heard about this miracle, see, when God moves and God is really moving, and God's people are talking about what God has done in their lives, people go, where do you go to church? I want that. When you say, hey, you know what? God just has really healed my emotions. You know, God's really been changing the way that I process and I see the world, and how I see people. God's been healing my marriage. God has been healing the wounds of my heart. God healed me physically. When we start talking about what God's doing, people go, yeah, I, wanna, I want that. You know why? Because they can't find it anywhere else in the world. They can't find it anywhere else in the world. So when you start talking about it, people come and says this, They brought all the sick to Paul and they were healed also. Point number five is this, side hustle, side hustle. See, back in chapter 27, it said that Paul, in verse 24, was going to stand trial before Caesar. So it means this, that Paul was on the boat and there was a purpose and the plan for where they were going, okay. But Paul didn't know that God was just about to run a little side hustle with Paul. You know, seven years ago, I was at this cheesecake factory right here in Liberty. Um, we were we were doing this kids remodel for Living Word Church, the church that I work for up in Dayton. And um, we were just just rehauling all of their kids' rooms. And um, we would get these 15-passenger vans, and we would drive down here to like the Cincinnati area. And I was like like a bandit, a raider in Toys R Us. You might remember when Toys R Us was still open Okay, I would go to Toys R Us, and I would buy, like literally I would go in there and buy like $10,000 worth of toys and just things. And they would always look at me like, are you a creepy guy? Like, who are you? Why are you buying all these toys? You know, like, who are you? And, and we were doing that. And I remember one night, we, we were coming back up to go to Dayton, and we stopped, and we ate at Cheesecake Factory. And I remember sitting there, this was seven years ago, and I was worn out, and I was exhausted. But how many of you know that sometimes when you're worn out and exhausted, you can hear the Lord real clearly? It's like, you get out of the way. And I'm just sitting there, I'm, I'm eating this food. And I remember the Lord said, you are home. He said, you are home. And, I was like, and it, how many know that sometimes God says something, you, you don't see the big picture like right away. But there's something in your soul that just goes, okay. And it feels so good. You don't even know why it feels so good yet. But you know that the Holy Spirit spoke to you. And remember, he said, you are home. So a year later, on July 1st, we moved here to to Cincinnati. I'm so excited. This, This July 1st, just in a few days, will be six years, six years of us living here. Just amazing how time goes. And I remember when we moved, the Lord was really clear with me. He was like, Morrow, you are going to live in Morrow, and you're going to start the church in Morrow. Anybody know where Morrow is? Okay, like Little Miami, okay? It's just like, it's just way out there, okay? Just like way out there. There's like a Subway and a Chubby's Pizza, and that's all there is, okay? Okay. I ate more Chubby's Pizza during those three years of my life than I would like to admit, okay? Now, I could have had a moment with God where I said, wait, Lord, that's not what you said to me, right? Because when I was at Cheesecake Factory, where's Cheesecake Factory? Where where are we at today? Liberty Township. And he said, "What? Your home." So I could have said, "Lord, what are you talking about? God, have you lost your mind? Have you have you forgotten what you spoke to me?" And so, can I just can I just speak that into your life? There's a lot of us in this room here today. We're going, God, did you forget what you told me? Did you forget what you said to me? And the Lord wants you to know today, no, 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 I haven't forgotten anything. I know exactly where I'm taking you. What is he looking for? He's looking for your yes. He's just looking for a yes. So when I said, yes, Lord, we'll move tomorrow. Did I understand why we were moving tomorrow? Not at all. When I said, yes, Lord, we'll start the church tomorrow, did I understand why we were starting the church tomorrow? Not at all. He was just looking for my yes. See, God wanted to run a little side hustle, just like the story of Paul. See, there were seven families that we reach tomorrow that are still with us today. Seven families that if we would have started the church right here, we would have never reached them. What did Jesus say about the 99, the 100? He said, if we have a hundred and one gets lost, just one, Just one gets lost. What did the Lord say? He said what? I'll leave the 99 and I'll go run after the one. This is how valuable people are to the Lord. Don't you ever think for a moment that you are not valuable to Jesus. Don't think for a moment that he won't move heaven and earth to reach you. Because I promise you this, he moved my heaven and my earth and my entire world, and he shook everything up so that we would start Elevate Church so that you would be here today. He will run after the one. Worship team, you guys can come on up. I wanna show you this verse. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, it says this, for the eyes of the Lord, it says the eyes of the Lord runs through the earth back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. What is the Lord looking for? He's looking for hearts that are completely devoted to him. And then it says this, when he finds those hearts, he'll do what? He'll strengthen them. So what is the Lord looking for? Is he looking for your perfection? Is he looking for your skills? Is he looking at how much money you have? Is he looking at how, how much leadership you have? What is the Lord looking for? All the Lord is looking for is a yes. Yes. Yes, Lord, you can use me to show extreme kindness. Yes, Lord, you can trust me to forgive others. Yes, Lord, You can trust me not to be offended. Yes, Lord, you can use me in any way you want. Yes, Lord, if you want to run a little side hustle, I'm okay with that. Whatever is going to benefit your kingdom. Some of you know, some of you don't know. Like two months ago, I was in prayer And the Lord just spoke to my heart and He said, sell your house. And I was like, God, what are you talking about? He said, sell your house. I said, Lord, we just moved into our house two years ago. And the Lord said, sell your house. And I remember He showed me in prayer, I could see my house and there was this big thing that said sold over the top of my house. And so I went to Jess and I was like, Jess, what do you think? This is why, this is why I'm hearing from the Lord. She said, she said yeah, I, I think I'm hearing the same thing. But how many of you know, like, the next step is like, where do you go right now? Right? So there was this neighborhood years ago when we first moved down in Liberty Township. And I remember when we would drive through the neighborhood, I would feel the peace of God. Remember that voice that said seven years ago, you're home? I remember I'd be in that neighborhood and and I would just hear, you're home, you're home, you're home. This was years and years ago. So I said, Jess, I said, Jess, let's go back and drive through that neighborhood. And we drove in that neighborhood. And as soon as we went into the neighborhood, I heard the Holy Spirit go, you're home. So I called up a friend of mine, the realtor. I said, hey, come see my house. And he came and saw my house, and I said, can we sell this? He goes, oh, buddy, we can sell this house, buddy, OK? And nobody knew, on Mother's Day weekend, on Mother's Day weekend, Just spoke Mother's Day weekend. And that whole week, we were like cleaning our house, prepping our house, getting our house ready. We, we went and stayed in a hotel all weekend long during Mother's Day weekend, because we put our house, I said, listen, you have one weekend to sell my house. I said, I'm too busy for this. I said, you have one weekend, if this is the Lord, it's the Lord. If it's not, it's not. And I don't care. I, have, I don't care if we move. I, 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 I just want whatever the Lord wants. I said, you got one weekend. And in 48 hours, we had, I think, 16 showings. In 48 hours, we had five offers. And within 48 hours, we had 35000 over our asking price. Our house sold like that. what am I telling you <laughs> God never forgets what he says to you he knows exactly where he has taking you he knows the exact moment he knows the exact timing he hasn't forgotten about you he just looks for the yes He just looks, not for the fickle people. He looks for the faithful people. The faithful people will say, yes, Lord, I'll go tomorrow. It doesn't make sense, but I'll go. I'll do it because I love you and I want what you want. And I want the kingdom and I want people to know you. God, I'll go anywhere you want. I'll go tomorrow and I'll forget about what you said to me. But I know that I know that I know that you haven't forgotten. Amen? God's just looking for your yes. Just go, God, use me. Use me. Use me. Use me, God, however you want to use me. However you want to pour out my life. Whatever you want to do, God, just use me.